Yeah. This fat boy Sharif, the Garden State Gargoyle, and you are listening to the Cabbages Hip Hop Podcast. Yeah. There were, I mean, there were times, there were times that we were, we were copacetic. I thought that we were doing a cool thing. And then all of a sudden you're all mad about Spanglish and it's somehow my fault. Like I'm James L. Brooks. Look, no one's accusing you of being James L. Brooks. I feel like you're accusing with your tone. No, look, you were resistant the whole time to what we were doing. You can't just blame it all on I was resistant to people liking the film Hubie Halloween. I was not resistant to the idea of having a podcast with my buddy Gary. Uh, but we agreed to do a podcast about Hubie Halloween. You decided midway through, not even, that you didn't want to do it. And you spent the whole time stonewalling me, which is why I gave up. Okay. Okay, okay guys. Can, can, let's just, there's no point in rehashing what's already happened. You know, you, you've had those episodes, it's done. Let's, let's look to the future, all right? Let's, let's try to move forward from this experience. Padre's right. We got to do this thing correct. Pa- what the fuck is a Padre? Padre, podcast dispute resolution expert. Padre. Jesus Christ. I see okay. anything I all do right. is terrible, apparently. <laughs> No, I, I, I can appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for bringing some creativity to this, Jeff. I think this, no is, an important, this is an important part of the experience for us. So Gary, I think maybe you could try to be a little more open-minded to the ideas that Jeff is bringing to the table. What ideas? Try that? What ideas does he have? This whole podcast was my idea. What possible ideas could he have that'd be worth talking about i don't know are you are you listening to yourself gary my podcast my idea i did all the work i contacted all the guests you barely even watched the movie i feel like i'm being killed here for doing basically nothing but that can't be my fault my doing nothing right i do all the things i edit this thing i book this thing it's like I don't understand why we're even having this discussion. I, I don't understand why we have this, you know, dispute resolution process. There shouldn't even be a process. It should just be done. You know, it's hard. It's hard to take a step back and, and recognize that, you know, even though we yeah, may Gary, be doing it's hard. a lot of work, we may be doing a lot of work, you know, podcasts take a, a lot of effort. And I think nobody is trying to dispute that, that Gary's been working very hard. Right, Jeff? I don't dispute it. That's, no, that's not right. under dispute. But so I also like, work hard. I practice my jokes all day in front of the mirror. Really? It doesn't show. Yeah, I, I just want to take a step back here. Let's, let's talk about the process and let's, and let's admit that we're doing some hard work here and, and you know, see what we can do to take a step forward. You know, we've spent a lot of time now. I'm, I'm looking at my clock here. Your hour's almost up. We spent a lot of time rehashing the past, playing a blame game, you know, pointing fingers, and this isn't this isn't this isn't a level material. All right, this is not how we step forward with a podcast empire. Wow! If this is what if this is your passion, if this is what you're feeling, I think you need to take a hard look at at what you're doing, where you're going, and try to work on that together. It would help if Gary agreed about anything ever. 
I, I'm still really at the fact that we're uh, we're not uh, A-list material. Um, that's that's a real uh, that's a real blow to the ego. I was trying. I was actually going to just ignore that because I didn't believe it. Mm. It's a healthy part of the process to accept where you are, and and where you can go. You know, this isn't the McElroy family here. You guys, you guys. I think this guy's a little bit. Mister quits podcasts in a huff over here decides that it's all over because I may or may not have forced him to go see Holmes and Watson once. There you go. See, that's optimism, Jeff. I like that. That's yeah. a great, it's a great Gary. way to approach this. Gary, is there anything that you feel optimistic about? I feel optimistic that this uh, hour is almost up and then I won't have to talk to Jeff anymore. There's got, oh, come on. See, this is what I was dealing with. I'm getting killed here because I didn't like the movie Hubie Halloween, but that guy doesn't like me. That's a totally different subject. All right, guys, we got to wrap this up. You know, I got the Positive America guys waiting, okay? Hubie Halloween is a perfectly good movie. It was a good subject for a podcast and you don't want to do that show anymore. So where are we at? You canceled the show before I canceled the show. There are other shows. There are, there are other movies. There's whole movie franchises we could talk about, like Tremors. Oh, for fuck's perhaps. sake. If you're going to bring up Tremors again, nobody all right, cares. All right, all right, all right. No, tre- okay. Okay. no all Tremors. Right. I got it. Jeez. Let's, let's just play a thought experiment here. You know, hmm. in the time that we have left, I think Jeff got onto a really interesting thread here. Let's take a step back from the Sandler stuff. Obviously, that was not a great idea. I think we can all... It sounds like you guys can agree on that. That was that was not a great place for you guys to be. Mm, 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 so let's no. move forward. Let's let's think about, you know, is there something that could could open some new horizons for you? Is there a topic that you could move forward with together? We did episodes about Nicolas Cage movies. We did one about Will Farrell before it went where it went. You know, I, I think there's room to talk about something else. I I I'm at a loss for what that would be, but uh, I suppose we could talk about a different film or actor or film franchise. I like the franchise idea. That was mine to begin with, by the way. No, Tremors was your idea. Franchise That's is not your idea. That's a good movie. The first one's really good. Nobody cares. It's Michael Gross for seven films. Nobody's seen them. All right. This is why people don't think we're A-list, by the way, is because you just don't do anything but denigrate your boy. Okay, so what's a good movie? What's a good movie? Not Tremors. What's a good film franchise? What's a thing that we could talk about with rappers? What other movies have like six, like six movies in them? I'm not doing a Jason or Freddy thing. Well, no, no. I mean, that's that's just been done. What's a horror? What's a horror movie with like a non Michael Myersy Jason character? Well, I mean, and I like the Leprechaun movies. Leprechaun? Yeah, I like those. Those are all right. He does he use like dirty limericks and stuff? Oh, <laughs> does he ever? Really? Does he get all mad about gold constantly? And people people die because of the gold? There's an avarice turn here? I mean, yeah, it wouldn't be a horror movie if it wasn't. Gary, I like this. All right, guys, time's up.
and welcome to Shamrocks, a Leprechaun movie podcast, the only unofficial weekly hip-hop podcast about the Leprechaun cinematic universe. I'm your host, Gary Suarez. I'm a freelance music journalist and critic, and I write a twice-weekly hip-hop newsletter called Cabbages, which you can read for free at cabbages.substack.com. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, music industry insider Jeffrey Lachlan. Hello, Jeffrey. How are you today? I'm good, man. I'm good. Shamrocks! I'm, I'm pumped out about Shamrocks. He's baby. excited. So today we'll be talking about Leprechaun 1, a movie the New York Times once hailed as, quote, neither scary nor funny, and that the Austin Chronicle called a complete and utter waste of perfectly good Kodak film stock. Critics, am I right? Huh. I'm so excited to introduce our guest for the show, rapper Fatboy Sharif. The self-described Garden State Gargoyle hails from New Jersey, obviously. His latest album is called Gandhi Loves Children, available on Bandcamp and wherever music is streamed or sold. Please welcome Fatboy Sharif to the show. Hello, sir. How are you? Yo, yo, yo. Cabbages Podcast. What's good with y'all? Gary and Jeff, thank y'all for having me so much. Sam Rocks! You know, when I first heard Gandhi Loves Children, what struck me about it was the horror themes that played out lyrically throughout both in terms of the fictional space as well as the real life horrors that are described on the record i'm sort of wondering how has horror as a genre uh impacted you artistically over the years i would say definitely um in a huge way because definitely i would say coming up i came up i got into writing through poetry and even back then a lot of my poetry was kind of dark based and Edgar Allan Poe-ish, kind of just with stuff I was going through in life on like the, the, the personal end. And the horror film phenomenon kind of like was what connected me and a lot of my family members together. Like mm. me and my mother, when I was six or seven years old, me and her wasn't the closest, but we literally would watch Candyman every week together. Ah. And, and same thing with my father, we wasn't the closest, but we'll watch Tales from the Crypt every week. And when I got more into my writing, I always said to myself, like, I want to basically give a horror, a dark aspect to my writing, but not over the top. Like, mm. kind of like, like I call brilliant horror. Stuff like Dario Argento or certain mm -hmm. stuff like The Shining, where it's like, it's not super crazy gore based, but just the overall tone can make you feel uncomfortable. But underneath the tone is layered with a bunch of different meanings that's universal. And I feel like that applies to your record as well, because, you know, there's just, you know, the lyrics are multifaceted and the approach is extremely well executed. What you and Rupert Williams did, uh, I think everyone should check out. I'm wondering what your familiarity with the Leprechaun movies were prior to our discussion today. Yeah, I was going to say I'm a huge uh, B-horror movie fan. Mm. So like that kind of like fitted into my whole aesthetic, like, Cause obviously we all know the Halloweens and like I said, the Candyman's and Nightmare on Elm Street, those was dope. But every, through every era, like in the seventies, a lot of my favorites was B horror movies like uh, Alice Sweet Alice or Black Christmas. And uh -huh. even in the nineties, like uh, movies like uh, Mikey, uh, even like Leprechaun and a lot of stuff like that. Like to me, like the, a lot of the B movies is, kind of like some of the purest form of horror to me in most cases. It's some horrible shit too, but. 
Yeah, and this is sort of where I think um, where Jeff's expertise on the show comes into play because I'm not historically a huge horror movie fan. I'm a comedy guy. I like funny movies. And Jeff is somebody who likes B movies and he just likes, and playing crap. He just likes some some straight up garbage as well. For me, for me, a buddy of mine put it best when he said, if a movie gets a C or a C minus, that's going to be an A plus for your boy. (laughs) If they're like, this was kind of a waste of time. I'm like, sick. That's what I'm in it for. I'm going to see that. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. To me, a lot of times with that, you can't take a lot of those movies too serious. You got to take it more on just like the overall aspect of just like, all right, I'm coming to get entertained for an hour and a half. Right. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk about it when I leave with my girlfriend or whoever I go to see it with. And even if I never see it again, I'm gonna always remember it in my brain. And when I see it again, I'm gonna be like, oh shit. That should still give me that scary, spooky vibe. I remember or... terrible movies and the and the terrible choices made within them a whole lot more than I remember, <laughs> like beautiful yeah. shots by our tours. These incredible, oh, yeah. like oh, the French Connection and and this, the the scene where he's driving through the streets. It's incredible. I'll never forget it. But the the time where they introduced six new robots in Transformers Five and then immediately <laughs> wiped them out four minutes later, you never heard from again. God that awful really film, but I remember it. <laughs> really, like it spoke to me that they were like, "Let's sell some fucking toys." <laughs> Hell yeah! It's it. it's interesting that you say that because this is sort of one of those films where the critics absolutely hated it, um, mm-hmm. but it did incredibly well. You know, it was like nine hundred thousand dollar budget, shot in three weeks uh, in the same place they shot Little House on the Prairie. Funny enough, and like. And then it did like 10 times that at the box office. You know, it was a huge success based on the budget. And, you know, it was obviously a change of pace for Warwick Davis as well. But I think the one thing that most uh, encapsulates what my feeling about this film is, is something Jennifer Aniston's character, uh, Tori, says at the uh, one hour, 11 minute mark. Uh, She says, I don't know what the fuck's going on. And I think that's sort of how I feel watching this movie. That's one of my favorite things to feel in a movie is like, what? Why is this happening? Why is this no, happening I, to me? <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Because like you was asking me before, I remember seeing it twice back in the day, like as a kid. And yeah. I still, I watched it again last week to refresh myself. And I might've seen it last year another time. And I'm like, damn. It's 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 funny because it's kind of literally a mixture of like the MTV slapstick, mm. like horror generation, mixed with just straight comedy, mixed with suspense. Like I can see I can see how it definitely uh can cover both both spectrums from people hating it to people absolutely loving it. <laughs> is can I ask a question? Please. Do we is is the leprechaun the the protagonist? In this film, are we like? Do we like the Leprechaun a little bit? He was funny as shit to me. Yeah. So I loved him. I hated that damn fat. I hated. uh, I hated the uh, fat dude. I was fucking praying for him when he got it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah, Ozzy, 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 fucking terrible. (laughs) The guy sucks. I'm. I'm a huge. I. I came out of that movie on my second ever viewing of it, and and I was like. The whole point of this is that the leprechaun's 
kind of awesome. <laughs> like, it, it, I know that he's like trying to kill these innocent people or whatever, but they had his gold and they knew they had it for a long time. That little kid knew he had the gold. Yeah, no, you're right. And they're like, they are just as greedy and evil as any leprechaun. So the little kid, Alex, um, and his relationship with Ozzy is a baffling one to be sure from the start. But here's the thing that you may not know about this movie that helped me rethink this and understand it in a whole new context. Because again, originally watching it years ago was confusing. Rewatching it recently, equally confusing. Until I discovered having uh, from two things. One, reading Warwick Davis's memoirs and uh, watching some YouTube clips of his uh, appearances at various uh, you know, film festivals, comic book, uh, you know, comic cons and things like that. It was never meant to be an R-rated movie. The original concept was for it to be a scary kids film. Oh, wow. The original three-week shoot was basically to do something that would be, you know, PG or PG-13. And then the studio got it and said, no, it'll do better as an R-rated movie. So they went back and did two weeks of reshoots and added in all the gore. So the scene with the cop being tortured and tormented in the woods, the scene where yeah. Jennifer huh. Aniston's Tori shoves a cop's nightstick into the leprechaun's eye. It, it kind awesome. of like definitely at some points I was, I, one of my favorite things to ask during a bad movie is, uh, is this for kids? Did we like make <laughs> this movie for kids and it just ended up being a really stupid movie about adults? Uh, and th that, that, I got the same feeling from leprechaun and that was, that was pretty prevalent to me. That's wild. No, you, you absolutely right. And it's crazy because I, I got a question for you, for you two, Jeff and Gary. Yeah. With me watching it again, I might be thinking too deep into it, but no such thing. To me, all right. See, okay. So I'm <laughs> no such crazy. thing. You're in the right. I know place. I'm not crazy. That's what we're here so, for. So, literally, me watching it, going back to what we were saying, like it's kind of like a split movie where it has cult status, but it also get looked at as like a laughable joke. To me. Me watching it again, I kind of literally think scene by scene, they kind of maybe scripted it after the original Child's Play movies. Because even like hmm. in certain killing scenes where it's like, for example, like he, uh, when he's riding the pogo stick and kills the dude, hmm. it's kind of similar to Child's Play 2 to me. Like when the teacher was in the closet and Chucky jumped oh, out of the stairs yeah. with the, the basketball pump. And even just like, certain scenes where it's kind of like the first time you really see the leprechaun is when he killed the lady and she fall through the damn window or whatever. Mm -hmm. That was kind of like the first thing in child's play when Maggie, the uh, babysitter got killed right. in the house when she was babysitting them. And just even like the little humor from the leprechaun and just people That's not really believing that it's a real thing. Like I was watching, I'm like, damn, they, they kind of bit a lot of uh, child's play. <laughs> I think that's kind of a trope in, in horror movies anyway, though, right? It's it's a, uh, like, the first murder isn't really all that, like, purposeful. Yeah. It just sort of happens because of the situation. And then it's carte blanche. It's like, well, now I can kill anyone. I've already killed one person. It's on now. Yeah, uh, no, for sure. I don't know if that's true of Leprechaun. But I'm with you 100% that I could definitely hear an executive, movie executive, coming into the reshoot idea and being like, why don't we just make Child's Play? Here's the thing. The first Child's Play movie is 1988. The second one is 1990. The third is 91. 
Leprechaun came out in 1993. So clearly there was precedent. Even before Child's Play, Child's Play itself was also kind of a, a, a ripoff of a genre, the kind of horror film about killer dolls. Uh, you, yeah, know, exactly. you had the Puppet Master films, and then you also had this movie Dolls from 1987. And one of the people who did special effects on Dolls, his name is Gay Bartolos. He also worked on the Leprechaun makeup, not just for this movie, but for all six of the Warwick Davis Leprechaun movies. So there is some continuity with the people who worked behind the scenes on it. I think there is a lot of, um, of the previous films informing Leprechaun 1. Yeah, no, for sure. I definitely, I definitely was thinking that when I was watching it, because I'm like, yeah, I was like, a lot of this is dope, but it's kind of like, uh, I was like, I could definitely see the child's play early, early 80s, like B-movie horror influence in a huge way. And that kind of started from one and went through the whole series. It's definitely there. The other thing that, that and I, I brought up Bartolos because th- something that I, I found striking in this film was how well done the Leprechaun's look was. The makeup, the costuming, the whole thing. Like he looks incredibly gross and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and frightening. And it turns out that the, that the guy who did his makeup, you know, worked on things like Matthew Barney's Cremaster Cycle that, you know, fantastic art, uh, huh. piece of art. Um, he worked on his own insane indie film, St. Bernard, which I've seen, uh, which Warwick Davis is in. And then he's also done things more uh, recently, like Tim and Eric's Billion Dollar Movie. So they had the right person on that front, whether the script and the performances uh, don't necessarily live up to the acting is a different uh, conversation. But it seems like they put a lot of effort into making Warwick Davis look like absolutely creepy. No, you absolutely right. I, they could. I think they definitely was going for like, uh, this is gonna be this era's Halloween Nightmare on Elm Street. But I just think, as much as like I said, some people loved it, some people hated it. I think, like you said, when they cut short certain things, with maybe making it more slapstickish or even digging into the overall story, which you kind of got like some people get, like you said. Some people, some people is like, what the hell is going on? You can get lost in the story if you're not really paying attention. But to me, that's also the 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 genius of it in different ways too. And then there's there's the comedy, which again, once you understand that this was originally meant to be a film for kids, mm. uh, then suddenly the comedy makes sense. You know, there's the the sound effects. I think about when Nathan uh, punches the leprechaun through the broken windshield, it has that classic cartoon punch, like the Batman TV series punch in it. You know, the Adam West stuff. It's like the the soapbox derby racer knocking over the pickup truck. You know, Also the, the fact that like the leprechaun is having a blast pretty much the whole time. Unless the leprechaun is getting shot or beaten. <laughs> He's like laughing. He's really having a good time with everybody being so scared of him. And it's like, that's a cartoon character way of doing things. You know what I mean? Davis himself referred to it uh, quite poignantly as essentially a Scooby-Doo where there's four kids looking for a four-leaf clover while being chased by a monster. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. Yeah, that does make sense. Okay, so like the... The kiddishness of it sort of dies with the gore then is what we're learning, right? Right, which came after the fact. 
and the gore wasn't all that particularly gory. There were some bloody people, but it wasn't like we were watching a knife go into somebody or the gore is mostly on Leprechaun. We're like when his eye gets poked out. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I don't know. I, I wonder about like when they decided to go back and reshoot this thing and they were like, we got to make it into a scary movie. The answer they came back with was green blood. That'll do it. <laughs> is, that what, is that what we're to know? Is that real? <laughs> no, and it's funny you said that. Like, we all can admit that the Leprechaun character was great for the makeup. Even like, it had some dope ass movie kills and just <laughs> a bunch of fire shit. But how do y'all feel about the overall cast? Because I think that's also a big part of the movie where it could kind of throw people off. Because, for example, like you had Jennifer Aniston. She sure. was the she was the main female in the movie. You had Ozzy, you had the little kid. But to me, it was kind of like a movie where you didn't really know who to root for, where it was kind of like the Jennifer Aniston character was cool, but you didn't get enough of her story to make you really feel like how you felt about uh she was like uh, a spoiled rich kid the whole time and then all of a sudden we're supposed to like her more than the leprechaun no yeah no that's what i'm saying no. like to, to <laughs> me she she didn't really grab people like how the classic scream queens as they say do like mm. amy lee curtis and virginia right. madison and the uh chick from nightmare on elm Street. like you didn't really care about her character so like i think the kid definitely was the person out of the whole movie that she was like all right He's the only one I might not care if he actually gets killed in this shit, even though he annoying the hell too. <laughs> I felt like Aniston was there to get out of being in that movie. You know what I mean? Like she was there to really act her ass off and get other roles, and everybody else was like in a horror movie, and she was in a like wild drama. <laughs> she was like acting really hard, and everybody else was just like, "Oh no, the leprechaun's back!" <laughs> it was yeah. funny. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they make her unlikable in a one-dimensional way. You know, the whole scene at the diner where she won't eat anything there because all she wants is a watercress salad and an Evian water, which, what a dated reference, first of all. Um, it does sound delightful, though. Fuck that. Give us some motherfucking <laughs> Chinese food, man. Make that woman eat, goddammit. Yo, if she's from the city, if she's seriously from the city, you know that she would prefer the Chinese food. Hell Yeah. Because they got all the vegetables, man. You good. <laughs> Diner's not going to get you vegetables. Like, they're the one you're waiting to see die. And right. this film has a devastatingly low kill count. Which Not is to just, mention yeah. the fact that everyone who dies is, like, outside the circle. So you don't feel sad. Or like, oh, the, the old guy we barely knew is dead. That sucks. Yeah, oh. no. <laughs> and, and that's what I was saying. Like, to me, like, it wasn't a lot really of the most connection you really got was really just the leprechaun. Cause yeah. you just like, okay, ugly ass dude. He looking for a shit that they, it's like real life shit. Dude looking for some shit they stole. He's searching for the people who got the shit they stole. The people are assholes who stole it. They gonna get killed in the movie. <laughs> he was imprisoned for like, I don't know, how long was it between? 10 years. 10 years. He was imprisoned for 10 years in a box. You know what I mean? I would be pretty pissed off too. I'd be too. furious. I'd be hungry. coming up with my shit. Hell yeah, especially dealing with that shit. Especially dealing with annoying ass Ozzy. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I, I cheered for and and I'm fully behind the Leprechaun in this movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, they didn't they didn't make Ozzy sequels. They made Leprechaun sequels. That's, I think that's that's, that's the key. You know, you didn't you wanted to see the look. We knew Alex wasn't going to die because they don't kill kids in a movie like this. Even if without knowing the that this was originally supposed to be a a, a movie for children, like Alex was never going to die when he goes to like check the distributor cap for some ridiculous reason, and the Leprechaun <laughs> jumps out of the. Jumps out of the uh, the front of the of the pickup truck, like you knew he wasn't ever in danger. But I got to tell you, it was so gratifying to see Ozzy get his ear bit off because you just yeah. I just wanted to see somebody in that party get hurt in a real way. Like I guess the I guess the bear trap uh, on Nathan is is okay, but like the bear trap oh, that shit was beautiful. Like the bear traps that but, shit was beautiful. But then they no, all proceed to like comically. Then they all proceed to like comically like punch at him like a bunch of feckless Batman villains. You know, again, going back like to that Adam West part, stuff. The best part of him getting caught up in the bear trap was the leprechaun leaping around him going, ah! <laughs> just like clapping and laughing at this guy in a bear trap as he was, he was struggling to get away. He was just was saying like, what we were all thinking. Yes. <laughs> this judgmental country boy got what he deserved. Yeah. But look, there's four there's four deaths in this film, and I think of them there's there's two that are particularly gratifying, and two that are less so. Shopkeeper, one of the less gratifying ones. I don't think he really did anything wrong. Um, no. So that was, that was mean. That the that, leprechaun was just mean there. That just I mean, look, unless that's meant to be a statement on anti-capitalism, which I'd welcome. Uh, I think we're probably safe to say that was just, you know, collateral damage that made you feel a little bad. And again, pogoing on somebody's lung to kill them is uh, a pretty- That shit, one of my favorite movie kills ever. It's an, exqu- it's an exquisite kill. That shit was hilarious. <laughs> but then like, you know, Mrs. O'Grady, you kind of feel like, oh, she didn't really deserve anything. She didn't do anything wrong. You know, why did Mrs. O'Grady have to go? But again, you learn that's the morality of the leprechaun. But leprechaun didn't specifically kill her. Well, he was backing her into a corner, yes, but she fell of her own accord. He would have take that to my grave. Well, you, you <laughs> might have to because I think I think in a in a court of law, the leprechaun would at least have a a manslaughter charge on his. Uh, on I'm his... ready to lawyer up about that. I think well, you're wrong. Well, you and Rudy Giuliani. We have video evidence. But let's talk about the two kills that I think are very deserving. Uh, one is uh, old Mr. O'Grady, because, you know, he stole the damn leprechaun's gold. And two, the cop, because fuck cops. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, wait, so what now? Jennifer Aniston, I'm very bad at remembering characters' names in movies. My apologies. She was Tori. Oh, no, uh, Tori, Tori Reader, that was her name. So Thank Tori's you. dad is is he dead? No, he's just is in the hospital. In the he's just in the hospital. He got bit on the hand. But he never appears again. That yeah. must have been some bite. <laughs> well, it's and all he was just like, well, something bit me. I guess it doesn't really matter what it is. I'll just send my like hot teenage daughter back out to the house. Well, I mean stranger. But what again? It wasn't this all really taking place over like a day, so conceivably it he's did. overnight for observation. Like they just didn't write an ending where he shows up again. Yeah, it's the Ulysses thing. You just get one yeah. day. Everything that happened that day. Yeah, 
But it's like, you know, Mr. O'Grady was asking for it, you know, in tempting fate. And the cop, I mean, the cop, that was the the best comeuppance just because it's just like he called, he's harassing this poor leprechaun who's just, you know, trying to drive around and get his gold. Warwick, Warwick Davis's best acting in the film is when he lights up, when he sees the cop's gun and picks it up and throws it away whimsically. He just lights up like a like a Christmas tree. He's so happy to get that gun out of there. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, well, you know, they don't they, the cops in the UK don't carry guns. So I mean he mm. felt more comfortable that way. Well, yeah, that makes sense. I never thought of it that way. I love any horror movie where the cops just getting killed. So Agreed. The, whether he deserves it or not, fuck him. This yeah. particular this particular movie has a movie trope in it that's one of my favorites. And that's you fight the whatever the battle is of the movie for over an hour right and then right at the end as soon as all of the aftermath is done like as soon as you have killed this leprechaun 50 cop cars roll up like you can hear the sirens roll up as everything is already over that's one of my favorite things in a movie yeah i mean look it's it's a classic it's a classic trope but it's also like this idea that somehow the arrival of cops is supposed to signal safety in some way like if you've just been dealing with some supernatural shit like the last thing i need is 50 cops being like a leprechaun yeah oh yeah because they they never believe the victim they always want to say because there was a scene in that uh when she first was complaining to them about it they was laughing like, yeah, oh, a leprechaun, this or that, this or that. Mm-hmm. Then when he started taking their asses out, they believe that shit for sure. Exactly. <laughs> so like, they can't see him because he's in the fucking well, you know, so he's down there. So right. like, what, what are they going to tell these fucking cops when they show up? Nothing. I So this is the other, you know, if, if we can, if there's a continuation of the film from the cop's perspective, they're walking up and this dude has one, there's a one leg dude and a, a perfectly, like one dude has an ear that's bitten and the little kid is spooked and then a perfectly in charge, like, I don't know, how old is, is Jennifer Aniston's character in this? I mean, she has gotta be like 18, 19, right? She's supposed to be like basically. Yeah, exactly. She's like about to go back, about to go to college. She's like 17, 18 years old. Yeah. She's perfectly fine, zero injuries. And everybody else is beat to shit. Yeah. She's getting blamed. They're going to come after her hard. <laughs> I think. It's entirely possible. But, you know, I mean, I think probably, you know, I think probably in any any real scenario, the uh, the white lady gets uh, gets away with it. Um, and they'll probably just blame it on Nathan, uh, even though he's got the worst of the wounds with the bear trap thing. He's losing that leg, right? That, Luke, that leg is not coming back. It's not the way he's walking around on that thing. It's done. And, no, it's done. Yeah, for sure. And he's going to get jail for all this. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask y'all this. With, from the way that the leprechaun shined and did his thing in the first one, do y'all think, and it could happen maybe a little later on, do y'all think they're ever going to try to re-bring back the uh, bring back the series? Or some like maybe leprechaun versus Candyman, the leprechaun versus... Uh, Leprechaun versus Chucky. Let's start hashtagging that. I want to see that happen. Okay. This is very interesting, actually, because I read the Wikipedia on this uh, to see if there was more coming. And there was 
a crossover in the works. Do you remember which one it was, Gary? Uh, it's Candyman versus uh, versus Leprechaun. It was Candyman versus Leprechaun. Ew. And Warwick, Warwick Davis, right? He was like, I won't do this. No, it's the other way around. Ah. Warwick Davis was on board and game to do this. And okay. Tony Todd, uh, who played the Candyman, refused. That's what it was. On principle. So I he get said it. it wasn't it wasn't cool. He didn't like it. He didn't like the way his character, his character and the arc of his character, it didn't make sense for Candyman yeah. to fight a leprechaun. And look, it's it's a and I think it was a good choice because like the new Candyman movie that's coming out this year, the Jordan Peele produced one. When the hell is that coming out? They got moved. It was supposed to come out last year. It got moved (laughs) to August of this year. So Mm -hmm. hopefully people can go back to movie theaters and see it. So it's going to be officially in theaters, not no Amazon and none of that other bullshit. No, it looks like it's going to be in theaters in August. They're trying to make it happen. Yes, Lord. And sidebar, that Leprechaun versus Candyman would have easily been the worst film ever. Oh, yeah. Easily. Easily. It wouldn't have been close. It would not have been close. Easily. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, look, I mean, I think a lot of people probably their first instinct was to do a child's play versus Leprechaun, do Chucky versus Leprechaun. But I think that the both those series had been so long in the tooth and so gone into strange ways, you know. You know the well, Chucky series. The Chucky series went a certain way that I think it would be hard to really bring it into the Leprechaun's world. Based um, on based on Leprechaun one, and this brings up the issue of powers. Uh, based on Leprechaun one, Leprechaun wipes the floor with Chucky. Chucky's got like strength, and he's like possessed by the devil or whatever. But the magic powers. He's not possessed by the devil. He's possessed by a serial killer who used voodoo. No, um, hold on, hold on. You say you think. Um, Leprechaun can bust Chucky ass. That's what you're saying, man. One hundred percent because Get of the, the powers. If, if, now, oh. if, if Chucky steals the gold, it's an even playing field. No, I'm telling you, Ch- Chucky's a different being, man. Chucky, he'll he'll hit you with that voodoo shit. Then he going put his voice on and sound like your aunt, and you gonna be done Le- up. Leprechaun's got those powers too. I, he's more layered than Leprechaun. I'll say that. Okay, I'm listening. Look, we're talking about we're talking about satanic voodoo versus the luck of the Irish, and I, I don't think uh, I don't think Leprechaun has what it takes to go up against. Wow, uh, uh, wow, Chucky. Gary, we come so far today. Thank you, we thank come you, so Gary. Far today, and then not only do you disparage my people, the Irish, you disparage Leprechaun, who we just discussed is is an awesome human being. Well, one, he's not a human being. He's a leprechaun. So let's just uh, set that wow, aside. I think you're taking... Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Too much, too much leprechaun slander. We can't be... Sl- <laughs> we, we can't be... We, Gary, chill out. We can't be slandering what, what, one of the best horror uh, villains ever. You feel me? Well, look, I mean, the reality is I this. I appreciate is that, you. No, no, I think it's fair. Look, the reality is this. We've agreed to do a podcast about the leprechaun movies and not the child's play movies. So I think we... Feel like we feel like Leprechaun is a character that we'd like to explore over multiple episodes. Um, So I'm not ruling out him as being incapable of doing things, but you know, uh, I'd probably have a bit more uh, confidence in Chucky in a fight. Even with the like green Leprechaun stuff, he can shoot out when he has his gold. Yeah, I can't fuck with the. uh... That can't fuck with when Chucky start doing that dimbila dim all of that shit. Mm-hmm. It's, going, it's going to 
It's going to take him out. It's going to take Leprechaun out. I disagree, but I understand your viewpoint. <laughs> this is the kind of like coming together we need in this nation right now. This is the thing. Because I know exactly how Leprechaun versus Chucky ends. It's 100% clear to me. Hit me. Chucky possesses the body of the Leprechaun. <gasps> That's how it ends. They become the yeah. same human. That's it. Again, <laughs> oh, not a human. A Leprechaun is not a human. Jesus God, Christ, Jeff. Leprechauns are humans. They're not humans. Humanoids? Are they humanoids? They're, they're magical human. fucking creatures. <laughs> yeah, so they're, uh, humans can be magical. Humans don't have immortality. They don't have the power to regenerate organs and arms and limbs that fall off. You don't know reopen if I'm doors. or not. You don't know what I am. Uh, you can't <laughs> teleport short distances. I've seen you walk. I, well, okay. First of all, if I had teleported, I wouldn't tell you about it. You tell everybody. You have a podcast. You have no telekinesis powers. True. And does the leprechaun- and it's something that eats me up inside. But does the leprechaun have invisibility because there's that scene by the well where he mm-hmm. appears when Jennifer Aniston gets his gold out of the well? I think, okay, this is something I thought about very deeply. I think that's not invisibility. That's you, if he knows where the gold is, if he hears it, he can teleport to it. That's what I think is happening there. Now, is that something that most Irish people are able to do or just out of curiosity? Yeah, I can do that. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, I don't, I don't have any gold, unfortunately. Let, let me ask y'all this. Once the, like you said, the Bells and Wilsons and the police come and the first Leprechaun movie ends, do y'all, when the first time y'all see it, were y'all invested in it to the point that y'all thought it would become a six to seven movie franchise? Or did y'all think it was just going to stop at part one? I just to go ahead and assume that any movie named after the being that the movie is about, you know what I mean? A horror movie about a thing like that, like Ghoulies, Leprechaun, any of those, there's going to be more than one. But six? No, I didn't think they would get six out of those. And to be fair, there's eight Leprechaun movies. Yeah, sadly. Okay, we're we're trying to avoid talking about the seventh and eighth because they don't involve. No, totally. But I'm just saying, like, there's there's eight of them, which is crazy. (laughs) I will say something that I found somewhat disturbing about the Leprechaun reboots, and again, I haven't seen them on principle. I learned that a character from the first Leprechaun movie that is not the Leprechaun reappears in the Leprechaun reboot. Oh wow. And I'm, I'm not watching those movies. And it's Ozzy. Oh, oh no. The worst, the worst fucking horror oh, character. Gary. Ever in the movie. Oh, I was maybe gonna I I thought about watching those just to be like an expert, you know, but now I'm Fuck Ozzy. Let's hashtag that. <laughs> Fuck Ozzy. You know, when you look back at this film with the eyes of of people living in 2021, there are a lot of problematic aspects of this film and one of them is this depiction of ozzy as this developmentally disabled person it just seems to me if you were going to pick any character to come back in some capacity in a new leprechaun film you don't bring back the most problematic character from the original an actor who is perfectly capable playing a developmentally disabled person with the mindset of a small child that's always the way Hollywood does it with that though, right? Like the 80s and early 90s had this thing where if you had somebody who was developmentally disabled, uh, 
the thing that they would be bad at is just like communicating what's going on. That's it. There's just like, oh yeah, just, just make them sound dumb. That'll work. <laughs> we don't actually have to make this person human. It's fucking awful. They, they brought him back for the reboots. They brought him back. As, the, as the, that character? They brought the actor back as a character named Ozzy for the reboots. Again, I haven't seen it. I don't know exactly how it plays either. out, but I can't imagine, I can't be optimistic about how that's, uh, how that's it, supposed it, to go. To me, it would have made more sense for them to bring back Tori. That would have been that. That would have made more sense for them to keep the franchise going, in my eyes. But I mean, look, there's definitely <laughs> the idea. Like, obviously, look what they did in the Halloween movies by bringing back uh, by bringing back Jamie Lee Curtis for mm. you know, they brought her back in some of the like I think what Halloween H two O and some yeah. of the, but they brought her back for the more recent uh, you know David yeah. Gordon, the David Gordon Green version, and that was a tremendous thing. Jennifer Aniston acts like she never did this movie. She likes to pretend that this isn't a film she ever did. Uh, like Leprechaun who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, how are you going to disrespect Warwick Davis like that? Like, the man has given us so many iconic roles over the years, including the Leprechaun, that you're going to be like, oh, I was never in this movie. You were in this movie. You did this film. I think, oh, yeah. do you think that this film changed her into that person? Like maybe she just went too method on this role and became an asshole. I, was I, she on Friends before that or after that? After, after. she'd had um she'd had uh what was it the Ferris Bueller TV series Oof. on okay. Fox. That was what she'd had that was of any note before this role. It was then I think ninety four or ninety five at the latest was when Friends began. So this came out. Before that, and you'll do horrible that. bosses too, but you won't do a leprechaun reboot. Get out of here. Yeah, I guess, I guess she started getting that that network TV money. She like fuck, uh, fuck gold. <laughs> <laughs> she she has her own pot of gold now. She doesn't need the leprechauns. Yeah, she wasn't shit anyway. Fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with it. <laughs> Everybody sucked with the leprechaun. I mean, look, that's the lesson of this film. Everybody sucked with the leprechaun. You actually rooted for yeah. the bad guy. In any in any good horror franchise, you root for the bad guy. And that's that's really that's all it real. is. It's like, it's why there's so many Friday the 13th. It's why they kept bringing back Leatherface and all these different variants of Texas Chainsaw Ooh. Massacre. It's like, you root for these, for these characters. You don't root for the heroes. You know, you have a very rare situation, like what happens with Jamie Lee Curtis in the new Halloween movie, where you're rooting for her, you're vested in her success. You know, you don't get that in most Halloween movies. You know, when they would bring back characters in like the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, you know, mm. they would bring back characters um, in various capacities. Uh, they, you weren't necessarily meant to root for them, even though they were going to triumph because you were there to see what crazy shit Freddy Krueger was going to do. Even as right. it got, com even as those movies got funnier and campier, you still were like, I'm still on Freddy's side. And I think sure. that's- Sure, and like Halloween, like Halloween three, it turns into Michael Myers being a like a crazy killer. But that really wasn't what it was about. Well, first. not Halloween three, that's Halloween four. Halloween three Halloween is- Halloween four, sorry. Halloween three is the one with the, uh, with the masks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, yeah. what an awful movie. You know, just, just, a little, just a little research before we get on a podcast that's on <laughs> You know, nah, uh, it's good I mean, back. we brought on an actual horror expert. 
and you know you're, sure. you're, you're kind of embarrassing me here wow embarrassing because i didn't know no, the difference no, between no. three and it's four great. of halloween two of the worst <laughs> movies ever made get out of here it was Lepre- great leprechaun no, wipes yeah. the floor with mike myers I, I i'll definitely say the leprechaun definitely may not ever get to the iconic statue like michael myers or freddie Krueger, but he's definitely uh when it comes to real real life horror fans and just like we said about the characteristics of the character and the funniness and the kills like he's definitely uh he's definitely in the history books for sure i in there's one place where he's the most popular of all time and that's my heart the leprechaun has captured my heart oh i love you i love that little guy well you do have a heart of gold thanks buddy <laughs> we're working through it also um my favorite line from the movie is when alex has the slingshot with the chewing gum and the four-leaf clover and as he shoots it or prepares to shoot this into the leprechaun's mouth which uh, what um he says fuck you lucky charms <laughs> that might be one of my favorite lines in a movie i've been thinking about it Ever since the rewatch, and I just keep walking around my house because you can't go anywhere. Just going, fuck you, Lucky Charms. <laughs> so that was the his character. His character, Alex, has a redeeming arc for me because he says, "Fuck you, Lucky Charms." No, it, 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 it definitely had a a, a great uh, climactic movie ending where you think the leprechaun is getting the best of everybody. He smacking this person, stabbing this person. Then all of a sudden, a little eight-year-old boy take him out of his misery, which is fucking hilarious. <laughs> I think my favorite line has to be um, when the cop pulls him over and the cop asks him if if he's, aren't we a little young to be out this late? And he like laughs and goes, I'm 600 years old. <laughs> <laughs> so excellent. <laughs> See now, that, see, now that you say that, I'll say my favorite scene, hands down, is the hospital scene. Him, oh, God. That, him in that damn room talking, and all of a sudden you think it's, a, well, you obviously know it's not an old damn man, but you see his back, and he turned, and he's really wheeling down the street, like 100 miles an hour, like Dale Earnhardt. That shit is fucking hilarious. The, 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 the wheelchair chase is another fascinating thing that I read about. The thing about the the wheelchair scene is that Walrick Davis physically could not move the wheelchair fast enough. So they shot it at a different rate, which made it look like a Benny Hill thing where everything's going faster and you hear yak, you feel like it's gonna be yakety sacks underneath it as he chases Jennifer mm-hmm. Aniston, uh, Tori around the, uh, around the hospital or the nursing home. Although he, uh, one thing you should know, uh, Warwick Davis did all his own stunts in the film. Oh, wow. I did not know that. That's All his own stunts. No, that shit definitely has some some great kill scenes and just like we said, the pogo stick, the wheelchair scene, the uh, him climbing out of the bucket in the beginning, like even the fridge. Don't forget the, the fridge. Oh man, the fridge. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the fridge was dope. I was gonna say my other favorite scene is literally, and I, from a kid, I always remembered the visual of it from the trailer, mm-hmm. but literally. When he's chasing Ozzy and them through the house, the um, 
just the visual that looked dope as hell because it's like literally him running 2,000 miles an hour and then all of a sudden he's running like six miles an hour. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's literally he's still at the doorstep when they first get there. Like. <laughs> so, okay, can we talk a little bit about his powers for a second? Because like he can sort of appear anywhere and his solution to uh, Jennifer Aniston driving off in a car was to appear on the bumper of the car, roller skating behind it. Like not like appear on the car and try to scare her off the road and then kill her like anybody else. He appeared on the back of like holding onto the bumper of the car on roller skates and it immediately failed. Do you mean when he went roller skating into the white picket fence? Yeah. Why would you, why would, why would that be the solution to your problem of her driving away? Well, what this boils down to, I think, is the, um, the issue of this having been a film for kids originally, because there's right. a lot of stuff that involves being on wheels. There's the skateboarding that happens inside. Yeah, um, that was another good ass scene. That was great. <laughs> There's, we talked about the, we talked about the wheelchair. Um, There's the go-kart. There's the boxcar racer with the, um, with the pitchfork at the end of it. Like the leprechaun loves his wheels. He really likes to be on wheels. And that's, you know, thank you for that leprechaun. He had to get, he got the point A to point B as quick as he can do it. You feel me? (laughs) Look, Look, we still have no idea how the fuck he got to America. Can anybody explain that? No, I can't. He, I, man, he, 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 he drifted over. Like you said, he smelt the gold and he just appeared over here one day and that was it. Real. The word is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, also, okay, so like one of my favorite things that happens in this film, since we're just going through favorite scenes, is yeah, them trying to escape to the truck or the car or whatever. And then he runs up and he's like, I'm the leprechaun. They're like, here's some shoes. And they just throw shoes across the lawn and he can't help himself but to shine every single one of them. It's like killing him inside (laughs) that the shoes might get dirty. But his shoes, the entire movie are filthy. They're disgusting. He never cleans his own shoes. Only the shoes they throw at him. It's the weirdest thing. (laughs) No, and it's funny as hell because like, to me, his personality literally literally reminds me of like that friend that you chill with that gets drunk as hell and just ruins the night for everybody and start throwing the table and <laughs> acting like crazy. But then he'll just say a joke at the end of the night that make you forget all of that shit. Like, I'll see you tomorrow, bro. Yeah, he like reads like, a dirty limerick and you're like, oh yeah, you know what? The leprechaun's pretty sick. That's not a lot of ourselves. No, I would chill with him. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Best friend. Oh my god. Okay. Before we let you go, they did five sequels to this movie. He's been to Vegas. He's been to space. He's been to the hood twice. Twice. Where would you put him in Leprechaun Seven? Twenty twenty in the White House. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what an answer! (laughs) What an answer! There's no better answer than Leprechaun President. Le- Lepre- Leprechaun in the White House, and it literally starts January 30th, 2021. Oh, dude. It, and like the people that stole his gold, it's a different country, and he's going to invade and destroy it. Hell yeah. I love this. 
And you you can't really ever tell if it's him because he's wearing a mask the whole fucking. Or an movie. evil president has stolen his gold, <laughs> which makes more sense right now. This is in, yeah. this is inspired. Twenty twenty one leprechaun in the White House. Let's make it happen. I, I love this. I, I we might he might already be there. tonight and it was it was a a raucous and wonderful time uh, absolutely I hate, to, I hate to bring it down but uh i just feel like i'm on a rap podcast in a way i know we don't talk about rap all that much on here but man it is a hip-hop podcast so as as someone who's on a rap podcast i feel like i should call out the fact that uh a i probably don't listen to nearly as much rap as i do in my life without uh MF Doom. Uh, mm. And B, I'm not the creative uh, thinker and and fun creative person that I am without having heard MF Doom's music. There's been a billion, I've listened to a billion shout outs and I've, uh, of him over the last couple of weeks, but I it wouldn't feel right to me to be on a rap podcast and say his work was was huge to me. And that one his death really, really got me. Losing him of doom was a big deal because uh, that creative spirit and the level of, of genius in his artistry uh, inspires a lot of us and allowed us to think about humor in hip hop in a different way and bringing pop culture references into oh. hip hop in a different way. Um, Which is listeners. basically, I mean, in a way that's what we're doing and without, I mean, he was so good at it. He was yeah. so seamlessly good at it. Uh, R.I.P. M.F. Doom. 